0: Welcome to the Relentless Minds podcast with Lori Jimenez, a platform where influential entrepreneurs get real and share their stories of challenges in life that they've had to face head on and conquer in order to be where they are today. Here, you'll get an inside look at the adversities that these individuals have experienced or are currently dealing with, in addition to their opinions on real life matters and philosophies in life. Most importantly, you'll learn what it takes to have a relentless mind so that you too can stay headstrong in your pursuit of a better future. In this podcast, you're going to get 100% authenticity from people that have figured out how to beat the noise that society creates and have a higher level of self-mastery. Hi, welcome back to my podcast, Relentless Minds. Today I have with me, Stuart Knight. Stuart Knight is a professional speaker, thought leader, and disruptor. His motto and what he lives by is boycott what you thought. He is the author of two books, He is also the founder of the Top 10 event, one of Canada's biggest speaking extravaganzas. Thank you so much for being here today, Stuart. I truly appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be here today.
1: Oh my God, I am so excited. (laughs) I picked up on your energy in the first uh, short conversation that we've had before this, and I know it's going to be fun. So let's uh, let's dive in and take me down your crazy little path.
0: Okay, sounds good. (laughs) Perfect. So I did want to start, off. just wanted to say, it's super impressive. I did research on how you started back when you first graduated college. Um, You were earning a degree in business and economics in college and you started though right after college in theater shows for young people. And then from there, you uh, started musicals geared towards adults, but this had nothing to do with your degree. So I really wanted to see what encouraged you to have that focus and make that jump into something that was so unknown to you at that time.
1: Well, great question. And, you know, for me, I almost don't know if the word encouraged is actually the right Mm. word because I did not get encouraged by anybody. Mm. In fact, it was the exact opposite. Uh, I remember specifically, even as I sit here today, and this is like, we're talking almost 25 years ago, 22 years ago, somewhere in there. And I was sitting in a restaurant in the area where I had just graduated from school. And I have this degree in business and economics. And it should be noted, and I'm not saying this to impress your listeners, but um, it actually adds to the story that The degree Mm -hmm. that I got was from one of the best business schools in the country. So here I am now sitting there with my parents who are, you know, two immigrants uh, who came to Canada with the intention of making a better life for their Mm -hmm. three kids who had never gone to college, never gone to university. Uh, I don't believe my dad even graduated from high school. And for them, they're -hmm. sitting across from their son who's like, now got like this big degree. And I say, you know what? Um, So I think I'm not going to use the degree. They're like... And I'll never forget this. I might—I literally could see the blood draining out of their faces. Wow. And I said, you know, look, it's always there. I can always come back to it. But I just really want to follow my dreams as an entrepreneur. I really want to just try starting my own thing. And then, all right, so that already is bad enough because they don't know any entrepreneurs. And if they yeah. know any, it's, they're the kinds of entrepreneurs they've read about in newspapers who have gone bankrupt. So I go, and I was thinking about maybe kind of getting into this, like, motivational speaking game where, like, I create a mm-hmm. show for high school students. And it's like... I'm pretty sure that my, my parents, like I almost put them on their deathbed right there. So (laughs) yeah. So there was no encouragement. They were, their their very first thing was, please don't do this. You're Mm -hmm. going to lose money. It's Mm -hmm. going to end badly. Um, You don't know what you're talking about. Yes. We know you're young and you've got all kinds of ambition, but you've, you, you really, you really, this is not going to go well, as I said, so.
0: No support on that
1: end. No, but if there was any encouragement, it was the encouragement I got from the reaction that I had received over the last two years. And so in my second year of university, it was a four-year program, uh, I started doing this uh, speaking thing where I'd get up and I'd try to inspire people to push themselves. And at that time, because mm-hmm. I was so young, I was 20 years old, I was mm-hmm. speaking to the first year students who were all 18, 19 years old. And as I was speaking to them, I would do this thing that I'm just practicing essentially because I've never done it before. They would then come up to me at the end of my presentations and all you need is one or two people to say, oh my God, man, like you just totally reframed everything in my life. Exactly. And you know, I see differently and I'm now motivated or I'm now no longer depressed or I'm no longer afraid. When you get that drug, Mm -hmm. it's a drug that you can't get rid of anymore. And so that would be the encouragement to maybe say, you know what, I got to take a stab at this and see where it goes.
0: And that's amazing. So you were already involved in motivating these first year students, like Mm -hmm. in your college years. Okay. So that was actually something interesting because I was going to ask you that later on, like what kind of motivated you to get into speaking
1: yeah. You know what happened? I'll never forget this. So I had gone home to this smaller city that my parents lived in. And just like any other college, university student, you go back, you get a summer job, you work for the summer, and then you go back to school to kind of continue with your degree. And I had a day off from my job. I think I was delivering tires. I think that was a job I had at that time. All right. I was <laughs> pulling in the girls with that job. Oh my license. goodness. <laughs> Yeah, really easy. Yeah, it's really a miracle if I could even buy a drink for myself at the bar, let alone Mm -hmm. some girl I was hitting on. Anyway, so I was sitting there on the couch, and I saw an infomercial. I mean, this is not the infomercial. It's the guy watching the infomercial, and this one was Anthony Robbins. I watched him, and I thought, this is exciting. What is this? I would never really been exposed to motivational speakers before, mm-hmm. and I thought, all right, you know what? I'm just going to go down to the down to the mall. I'm just going to buy that guy's book, and I, so I went and I bought his book called Awaken the Giant Within, and mm-hmm. I read the book, and for the first time in my life, I'm reading stories about ordinary people just like me. Who had done extraordinary things with their lives, yeah. and I was like, "Holy shit, I can't believe oh, this! Yeah. Like that means I could actually maybe do something more than what I'm being told I can do." And I remember that I was like, I kept my girlfriend at the time. I was reading uh, on the phone like passages, and I was driving her crazy. And I was saying, <laughs> "You know, this has changed my life. I can do. I, I think I can do so much of, so much with my life now." And so then that's why. I started writing speeches for people in my school, then I had the, the remarks. then I got dr- the drug of, of knowing that you can change someone's life, and that's where I decided after I, I graduated that I couldn't go down the, the, the regular uh, expected path
0: expected path, yes, but that was a decision that like you had no support like from your parents, the people that you would have expected something from. Oh, no no but understandably also they were you know their background. Or their mindset at that point was like that you were going to only succeed because of the degree, but you had bigger visions. And this book that you read, so Tony Robbins' book, great influencer, right? Sure. Um, But that really showed you then about, it put things into perspective of what's really, really realistic. Yeah, yeah. For the first time in
1: my life, it basically said, you don't need to come from a rich family. You don't need to grow up in some special environment. You don't need to go to some special school in order to do something interesting or extraordinary or special or whatever you want, whatever adjective you want to use. And that was such a kind of game changer for me because I was like, oh, okay, because I was really genuinely one of those people who thought, well, I mean, I always knew that I had certain talents. I I, I never felt like um, I was just an average normal kid, mm. uh, and I don't think, in fact, any anybody is normal. I just think that they just suppress themselves into normalcy. But yeah. uh, I I never thought that it, it could catapult me into some sort of life where. I do what I do today, uh, you know, traveling the world or writing books mm-hmm. or, you know, speaking on having radio shows and things like that. That just seems to me to the, to my 20 year old self, that just seems so insane. And yet this book for the very first time said, you know what, it's actually not as crazy as you think.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely, you can definitely achieve it. It's just about that mindset. It's right. That's right. That's where it all starts. So that's talking about mindset. Like your motto is about boycotting what you think. Like, can you speak to that? Can you tell me a little bit more about like the inspiration from that?
1: Well, for me, you know, generally speaking, I believe that the human race has been robbed of an opportunity to experience life on a level that is amazing. And I mean that in every category of their lives. And so I think that what ends up happening is, is that from the very first moment of our lives, up until you know, the very second that we're listening to people are listening to this right now, we are constantly told what success looks like, what happiness looks like, what love looks like, what Mm -hmm. good sex looks like. I mean, pick the category. What good food looks like, and we buy into it, hook, line, and sinker. We say, okay, well, success looks like. Um, something that maybe my parents did or maybe just a bit more or success looks like this much money or happiness looks like this kind of family or this kind of relationship. And, and as time goes on, people begin to identify more and more with those, what I call characters people are just these, everyone's just a big character in this big grand play called life Mm -hmm. and different individuals feel that if I just play that particular character, which is, the tough guy, the pretty woman, the hard-ass entrepreneur. I mean, pick yep. the character you want to be. If I just play that, I'll, I will attract things that are important to me in life, such as safety, yeah. happiness, love, or whatever you think is important. And so I really do genuinely believe that if you are going to attract the kind of life that is aligned with who you are, and and this is why you know you and I were saying earlier on um, before we started the, this this podcast mm-hmm. that I don't really see myself as a motivational speaker exactly. because I feel motivational speakers is, is, is and what they do is great, but I think that quite often motivational speakers are out there and they're really pushing people to like make make go out there make lots of money and travel the world and change everyone's lives and own a yacht and all mm-hmm. that stuff's fine if that's what you want mm-hmm. but for me i feel like people have been robbed in a way where it's like they just were taken off the path of just aligning themselves with who they truly are exactly and so i believe you need to boycott all yeah. your old thinking and if not most of it in mm-hmm. order to try to embrace a new perspective that's going to you who you are
0: no, you're 100% right on that because the thing like for me personally, and this is like something I've experienced myself, is that there is a beginning to everything. It's like you can't motivate the heck out of somebody who has a flawed belief system that was ingrained in them from a young age, maybe their parents or, you know, another like community that they grew up in or even like the society nowadays, like you have yeah. to focus on the foundation of, of where their beliefs are, you know, yeah. what they believe yeah. in like me personally, I had to go through that because if I didn't go through that phase of like basically reinventing my own belief system, my own philosophies in life, like no question, go through that and like, you know, establish that through the books that I was reading, podcasts and kind of opening my mind to different perspectives. Yeah. Then I wouldn't be here today.
1: Yeah, like, you, you really do. You have to get there. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day when I uh, when I see people in the gym and I, and I see them working their ass off to try to lose weight. It looked, I mean, especially when you see somebody who is overweight trying to really, you know, they're, they're just killing it on the treadmill, let's say. Well, I don't think they're doing it because they're trying to you know, um, increase their speed for, for some upcoming um, Olympic trial that they're gonna be part of. I think they're probably doing it to lose weight. But then I, I see that person working so hard, and I know that they want a certain result. And yet, after going to the gym, I'll see that person across the street at Starbucks, ordering Mm. a coffee that's got like six inches of whipped cream on top of it and chocolate sprinkles. And that person's beliefs about themselves is usually manifesting in them eating or drinking things that are not good for them. And Mm. that is uh, just one mild form of addiction. And so Mm -hmm. if they were to change their beliefs about themselves, they wouldn't need the addiction in order to Offset the pain that they're feeling from the belief that they have about themselves Are themselves having a really much bigger impact on their weight? I mean anyone who, who works out knows that you're you're always gonna have a bigger impact on your weight from the fork than you are the Treadmill.
0: Yeah, no, actually that's a good point, right? Uh, yeah you definitely. Can't,
1: you can't, you, you'll never get you'll be on the treadmill for the rest of your life until you change your belief system your belief system is I'm not worthy Let's say or that your sucks. belief system is like, I'm, I'm not accepted by my parents. Or my belief system mm-hmm. is that I'm never going to find someone who's going to fall in love with me. Whatever your belief system mm-hmm. is, in order to mask the belief system, you go to something that makes you feel better. For some people, it's drugs. For some people, it's alcohol. For some people, it's food. And mm-hmm. so if you change the belief system and thus no longer eat the food, well, then exactly. you're going to have the result.
0: Exactly, right? So it's, you got to take the steps back.
1: You gotta get to the core, man. You gotta yeah. get to the core, because, uh, and no, and, and nobody wants to go there because it hurts and it yes. sucks. Yes, like, that's, oh, that's
0: what I was saying. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, you gotta, you gotta, well, you gotta find out how ugly you are. Yeah. No one wants to be. know. This, this is why uh, everyone, this is a good way of putting it, relationships, okay? Mm-hmm. Intimate relationships between you and your partner. They are the best place to learn about who you truly are.
0: Mm.
1: Okay, and that's why everyone wants to leave the relationship.
0: Yeah.
1: No one wants <laughs> to know who they are.
0: And they don't want to work on who they are. That's the biggest right? thing. Yeah,
1: putting a mirror in front of your face and says, do you know that you're not very funny um, as you, as, not as funny as you think you are at, at barbecue? you don't cook that well. <laughs> yeah, you don't cook that well. You're not that great in bed or you don't, you're not as stylish as you think you are. <gasps> who wants to hear this stuff? Nobody wants to hear this. I don't want to hear it, right? And it hurts. And I, and I don't think for a second, because I'm a professional speaker, that somehow I don't um, feel the same pain that any other person feels yeah. like hear these things yeah. but it, when you feel it and you hear it and you and then you actually try it on, and you look at it and just ask yourself if there's any truth to that Yeah. and then if there is it gives you the opportunity to do something about it change it that's the
0: thing I mean like don't identify with with, these flaws if you've got all the ability to change them you know what I mean I wanted to tell you though because I you actually spoke about this a few minutes ago but it was about this YouTube video about Mm -hmm. how society influences us about what's going to make us happy right it was a secret of happiness with your YouTube video and it was talking about how society nowadays influences on how business how just making more money and like that's going to bring you happiness when before all that came into play we were already happy and we just kind of we lost sight of that because we decided to pursue these things Mm -hmm. and i just i love that concept that you have of that and it really just it shows that everybody nowadays is like they're just chasing something that they really don't need to chase in order to be happy like the happiness there they already had it before
1: you know, yeah. a, a way that I always put that, and, and I love what you just said there, and it's so true. Um, when somebody gets to a, in, into a major funk in their life, and they just they have not been happy, they've uh, been at a job they don't like, in a bad relationship, whatever it is, and they say, "Screw it." I'm quitting my job and I'm going to go for a trip and I'm going to, I'm going to travel around the world or I'm going to go to Europe for six weeks. Or I'm going to go somewhere. They always physically feel like they need to leave the location where they're in and go somewhere. And then I'm going to go find myself. They'll say, I got to, I got to mm. find myself. And I've always said, it's, it has nothing to do with finding who you are, but it has everything to do with remembering who you've always been. Mm. And if you could just go backwards and remember the person you always were from day one, and just get aligned with that person and that soul and that energy, then you don't need to go anywhere. You can still mm-hmm. stay at the exact same desk at the exact same job and just make the changes from within. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. the world that you're in changes along with you.
0: Exactly. And you created this world for yourself because you came from you know this background where your parents, they expected you to do something. And you're like, nope, that's not for me. I've got my own vision and this is my life. And that's actually my motto. It's own your story, create your life.
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah, I say that's I, it. You that's got so it. That's so
0: important to me. It's like, you know, just embracing where you come from, like your bad experiences or good experiences, embrace that, accept it. And now from here, just like own it, create your life, create where you're, you're heading. And you yeah. did that. But you also, and I know that you were um, kind of like more content I was looking into about like uh, not being afraid of being unpopular. You know, Right. Like that. Like when you're pursuing these things, like even in front of your friends and your family, like it was not something that everybody was like crazy about. And you're saying now it it showed you who your true friends were, but like, how was that entire experience? I love the the story that you were sharing on that.
1: You know, it's the the thing is, is that when anytime anyone starts a new idea, whether it's a new company or maybe their idea is just leaving their relationship and, and moving to a new country, it could be anything. They're already scared shitless. And so you don't need anyone else to add on to it, and yeah. that is really, really frustrating. So when I decided, for example, as you just mentioned, um, so I wrote these show, these shows for high school students, and then from there I started writing. A few years later, these motivational musicals, and then I and I took over a loft space downtown Toronto, yeah. and I turned it into a theater, and mm-hmm. and uh, built the stage, we built the lights, and we started, you know, got a bunch of black folding chairs and put them out, and um, next thing you know, people were were coming out to the show, and we would do a show, and at the end of the show, I'd say, thanks, You know, take it easy, have a great night, and I'd go to the washroom, brush my teeth, and go to bed. Like, it was the craziest experience.
0: You had to do it, because nobody was giving you a venue.
1: No one would give us a venue.
0: That's yeah. insane. And,
1: right, and then many people, they said, well, that's enough. I, I, no one will give me a venue. They're almost, in some cases, people are looking for an excuse yeah, to yep. stop their idea. That's true. Uh, at least they can go, see, I tried. At least mm-hmm. I can say I, I, I gave it a, an effort. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was like, okay, well, if someone won't give me a theater space every Saturday, and they won't rent it out to me, then I'm going to have to make my own theater space. And that's why I I decided to do it in the loft. But to answer your Mm -hmm. question, it is really, really discouraging to constantly find out that people have these thoughts, right? And that's one of the things I think is so interesting, right? A lot of people go through life and they don't really actually know what the people around them actually think of them unless they were to ask or do something Mm -hmm. that forces them to show those true colors and I used to always have a joke about this I'd say if you want to know who your true friends are write a musical <laughs> because <laughs> really? I thought, well I thought that of course all my friends are going to come to my musical because they're going to come support me and a lot did but not mm. everyone did and I was like damn mm. yeah Jason's not coming Susan's not coming you know uh, Shaquille Who I be like I thought for sure that person would have become and then you know Two weeks in, fine, it's, it's okay, they, they're busy. Two months in, 2 oh. uh, and you're like, damn, I've been doing this show for two years now. Yeah. Every time I keep bumping into that person at our mutual gatherings, yeah. I'm like, so are you gonna come to my show? And, oh yeah, 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 I'm gonna be there. Yeah. It hurts, man, it hurts to find out who your true friends are, and, yeah. and a lot of people don't find themselves in situations where they have to discover what it is. Usually they have to get married, or that someone in their family has to die, Mm-hmm. And then they'll find out, you know, who comes to the funeral or who comes to the wedding mm-hmm. or who um, comes to even your birthday party. And it's disappointing. So mm-hmm. when you're trying anything new, it doesn't have to even be just entrepreneur entrepreneurial ideas. It's just really, really heartbreaking yeah. to have individuals in your life not support you. But in many cases, people will say, used to say things to me after let's say having a couple of beers with some buddies and I'll be telling them how tough it's been lately. And at the end of it, you're hoping they're going to say, dude, you can do this, man. You're so mm. great. And you're so smart. And instead, they say, well, you know what, man? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's time to try something new yeah. or maybe, maybe it's time to try to hang it up.
0: And you're like, "Ah, oh, it's not what I wanted you to say. Yeah. Man. Fail.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And so to, to answer your question, it is heartbreaking. What else are you gonna do? You got to keep well, you, you got to keep going.
0: You kept going, like you you had that vision in mind, and you knew you what you wanted to do, and you don't like you are obviously somebody who thinks outside of the box. So you you're mentally very strong. When you were going through this with like your friends kind of disappointing you, and along this journey and all, was there ever a time where you felt that you just like you were doubting yourself and like questioning? because it's tough, it's tough to not have, you know, support like left and right. And oh. especially it sounds like to me that you didn't even really have a good circle of friends around you, like where they had that same mentality of growth, you know?
1: Well, you know, yeah, it's, um, uh, there were definitely certain friends that were not part, Well, and they're, and they're not part of the circle today. I mm. mean, and I gotta yeah. say, <laughs> oh yeah, I've gotta say that I'm very <laughs> grateful for that opportunity because I would have really not enjoyed investing in my life uh, in those friendships, believing in something that wasn't actually really the, tr- the case. So that was mm-hmm. a blessing in disguise to to find out early in life where I stand with certain people. And it's for that reason now, and in fact as a side note, with my friendships, that I am I'm extremely honest and, and, and forward mm-hmm. in, in my friendships, in, in intimate relationships, in family relationships. You pick any relationship of, of my life, I just say it how it is. And, and I don't do it with the intention of being antagonistic or obnoxious or controversial or having some sort of bravado. I'm not doing it because it makes life interesting. I'm doing it because I always want to know where I stand with people. Exactly. Okay. So like, for example, I sent an email to a guy not too long ago. Um, I could go into the details as to why, but it would just take up too much time in the podcast. The crux of it was is that I sent this email and I was like, dude, I just want to be upfront with you. I consider you one of my five closest friends. And so I've invited you now to a holiday party Mm -hmm. that I'm throwing. And on both occasions, you haven't even responded to the email. I said, I don't expect you to be there. I understand that you're busy and if you can't, but I do expect in our friendship for you to respond to my emails. And so if we're at a level where you can't respond to my emails, I said, that's totally cool. I just want you to know that I'm gonna uh, kind of start checking out of this friendship a little bit. And by all means, uh, it's just a, a, a wake up call for me to understand, Yep. that what i think of you is not what you think of me mm. and of course he emailed me back like dude you're so right and i'm so sorry and i gotta uh-huh. raise my game and but i i want to know i don't want to waste time with people so when you when you come t- back to um uh you know this this entrepreneurial idea and, and trying mm-hmm. to um really make it happen did i have times where i wanted to yeah like give up? You're down Oh yeah. Like I remember one time maybe 15, 16 years ago where I went through a huge uh, depression in my Mm. life where I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to eat food. uh, I didn't want to go to social functions. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to be on stage for sure. And Mm. it was really hard. Like I literally had to just drag my ass out of bed every day and uh, just to try to get to the Mm. end of the day and then go to bed that night going, I can't believe I got to do this whole thing again tomorrow. And at that point, I thought, you know what? Maybe I should just go get a job at a desk. Maybe I should just or just get a job in 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 Walmart or anywhere. Like just do something else other than than this. And so, yeah, without a doubt, that time I thought maybe I really should just give up.
0: What but what started that?
1: It was seeing where I was in relationship to the success of everyone else around me.
0: Ah, let's talk about
1: that. You know, <laughs> was, yeah, that, that was tough. That was tough. Like so, for okay. example let's 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 backtrack for a second yeah. i told you i graduate from one of the best business schools in the country okay and all my friends they go off and they do the business thing mm-hmm. so we're not now we're talking about seven eight years into it. where do you think they are you mm-hmm. know these these guys are now becoming vps of companies directors big managers they're all pulling in over 100k at that mm-hmm. time and at this point i'm in my late 20s uh they're buying cars they're buying houses Uh, I remember why one friend Lee was getting married at that time in the West coast of Canada. And I live in the East coast and all my boys had enough money to be able to fly out for his wedding. And I was the only one who couldn't afford to go.
0: Uh, Right. And it was like,
1: I was looking at all my friends and I was looking at their lives really progressing and moving forward in once again, that traditional box that Uh we were told uh, Uh is, is, is what success looks like. And I just started getting depressed. I started thinking you maybe you're not as smart or as clever or as talented as you think you are, man. And wow, I just slowly, slowly. And then I was going through a breakup as well and Mm -hmm. I was tanking financially and I had so many people who were, I'd be on the cusp of just beginning to book just one gig speaking somewhere. And they say, Hey, you know what? We decided to go with somebody else. And you're like, it was just thing after thing. And then it just threw me into a, into a tailspin.
0: Okay. So you've got a couple of things in there and that is very difficult because you ha- you grew up with these people like college years and everybody's over here and they're making all this money and you, you know, you pursued a different course because you believed in it, like wholeheartedly, nice. like that was your vision. Yeah. You know, but then at the end of the day, yeah, there's that struggle. And here's the thing. It's like people that follow their dreams, will mm-hmm. be happy because that's what they want to be doing as opposed to somebody else who's maybe making more money yeah but they don't have that internal happiness like but like, well
1: isn't it ironic like all of those guys now it's so funny i just saw them recently cuz one of my one of our buddies was back visiting from Philadelphia and and that and that person who's back visiting is a ceo of a fortune 500 company and he's 45 um, years old okay oh, so snap. that's that's like where these <laughs> guys went and we're having now this that guy out of the group was one of the few that did follow his dreams mm. but uh, the rest of the guys are all guys who went the you know the corporate route and the route that they were supposed to go and now how much has flipped and today how they're all like oh man you know what like i can't believe you got the job you've got i'm so jealous and you know it's so the conversation has flipped 20 years later right and so it is it is interesting to see it when i you know to and the end which makes me only look back at those days when i was going through those
0: depressions and actually just chuckled. Mm, yeah. What got you through it though? Like also, because that was around, right? They were going to be around. Like you couldn't erase them. You couldn't right. go to a different planet. Yeah. And like the gigs and all that. I mean, like mm. that's completely out of your control, right? Yeah. Whether you get the gig or not. Yeah. So like, how were you able to work through it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I came to a point where I remember, okay, so the the, the absolute depth. That I got to. I was 28 years old and I was $250,000 in debt. Oh. Okay. Yeah. It was really bad. And this wasn't like not having a mortgage. This was like line of credit and credit card debt. Okay. And I had, I had maxed out every loan I could possibly get to, to, to run a company, to, to build my business.
0: Hmm. And
1: so there I am, I'm sitting there. I remember I was actually sitting on my floor in the kitchen by myself in this apartment that I was renting, looking up at the ceiling thinking it's, it's over. I'm done. And but in that moment, I remember that all those stories in that book, for example, the Anthony Robbins book, and, and hundreds mm-hmm. of other books I had read by the, up until that point, mm-hmm. uh, that told me about these people who had who had done really interesting things with their lives. Every single one of them, all of a sudden, it dawned on me, had what I was experiencing as part of their story. All of them had gone through depressions. All of them had been knocked down. All of them had wanted to give up. All of them had come to the end of the rope, and I realized. I'm actually now more like those successful people by being depressed yep. and by being broke than I was before being depressed and being broke. Exactly. So it's kind of like I'm in the game. I'm actually more in the game now, right? i <laughs> impressive, impressed with myself. <laughs> yeah, it's like, damn, I should go more in debt. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so, so that, was, that was the first thing. The realization that what I'm going through is not just me. It's something that hundreds of thousands of people have gone through. So you have to realize that first, right? And you have to reframe it. The the other thing was, I've always been a non-religious person, but a spiritual person. And by that, I've always kind of really gone behind the fabric of who we are as human beings and done a lot of research on that. And I realized that it really isn't me who's depressed. It's the person I think I am who's depressed. And it's that guy who wants the world to think he is this character in this play. Exactly. And his character isn't doing well. His character is, very, is having a very difficult time making the rest of the world believe that his character is who the character is. Exactly. And, and I realized that person is somebody else. The true person that you really are doesn't give a flying shit as to whether or not you're successful. The true, the, the true person you are can't be hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that also helped me get through it. And I'd say the third thing that helped me get through it was um, you just get a small win and that small win so even in the midst of like everything going bad in your life you keep trying and then all of a sudden you get this phone call and someone says hey you know what we've heard really great things about you and we'd like to actually not just bring you to our one high school to do a motivational show but we'd actually like you to do uh, all the high schools in our town and there's seven wow. of them and you'd be like oh my god wow I've, I've got enough money to make it to the end of the month okay cool and oh, then you you, awesome. feel, you feel good for like you know, a couple of days. And of course you'll get knocked down again, mm-hmm. but then you, then you get another win and then another and win, another win, And then eventually you get to the point where, you know, where I am today, as I, as I speak to you, uh, I still get tons of, uh, corporate, uh, clients who mm-hmm. say, yeah, you know what? We decided to go with somebody else. Um, uh, we think someone else is a better fit, Stuart. It always hurts a little bit, but I'm got to the point where we have, you know, more than enough resources and, and finances in the bank, to not have to like, think that the whole world's coming to an end exactly. just because we don't get a gig. So you can't be hurt as much after going through all that pain up until now. So so those three things, I would say, is what got got me through the most. Oh,
0: my God. $250,000 in debt.
1: Oh, yeah. like It's funny to me. And That's I, and insane. I, I, even, I, I sat down with this woman. I can't remember her name, but she was a bankruptcy lawyer. And I, I literally sat down with the bank. I said, so, okay, take me through it. What does it look like? I've never known anyone who's declared bankruptcy. Like, how do you do it? Oh my god! Yeah. So, and then I didn't, and and i will never forget. So, I had all these loans, and um, finally paid off the banks. Finally, you know, the financial institutions. And my brother had lent me money through that time as well, mm-hmm. and I was about to go off on a vacation off to Thailand, Cambodia, and Vietnam uh, for the Christmas holiday. And my my extended family were all in a restaurant, and we're having our our kind of quote unquote Christmas dinner with each other because I'm taking off. And I, I owed him still $22,000. That was the, that was the, out of that two fifty dollars I owed 22,000 left. And so I said, Hey, Jeffrey, listen, you know what? Um, I know I, I know I, cause I'm thinking this guy must love this. Hey, eh? I'm going off on vacation and I owe him money. And so I said, Hey, listen, I wanted to give you like, I was giving him 500 bucks a month at that time to pay down the loan." I said, hey, I want, to, I want to double the payment this month. And I gave him 1000 bucks before dinner started. He's like, oh, wow, that's really great. Thank you. And then at the end of dinner, I gave him, you know what? Just for the fun of it, I'm going to give you uh, another 1000 So I give it in cash, right? So it's, it's, now he's got 2000 in cash on him. And then everyone's eating dessert, and we're all just about ready to leave. And I said, hey, you know what? Jeffrey and I did a big speech like you've always been there for me and you, you you believed in me when no one else believed in me and I'm getting all teary-eyed as I'm saying uh-huh. he's getting all teary-eyed and I said so before I go I want you to have this and then I gave him a certified check for 20,000 wow. and I go and I go now I said I'd like to say to the entire family Jeffrey's paid off and actually the 250 it's all done
0: yeah my goodness that's incredible
1: yeah. it was nuts it was nuts. so for anyone listening to this right now, now
0: right?
1: yeah oh yeah like just keep working your ass off and and you, and whoever's listening to this right now can have the exact same moment for themselves it doesn't have to be my moment it can just be whatever their moment is
0: and you know what i actually and i was writing it down and i missed the second point of what really took you out, kept you focused on your end goal, and got you through the bout of depression. The first one was your connection with these other people, your relatability to these these other people that you that were also hitting that deep depression and had their fallbacks. And then your third one was your your wins. What was the second one? I missed it. And I wanted to talk about that one.
1: Oh, that was about the idea that the person who I thought I was is not who I really am. So the person who's, who's, who's feeling depressed is not even me
0: yep yep because i want to speak to that because um, there's a book by mark manson called the subtle art of not giving a fuck yeah, <laughs> and that yeah i know mark talks about that you know yeah. him okay yeah
1: I, I had him on my podcast yeah he's great
0: so that was super important because that's what people go through nowadays it's like if they say something and they feel bad about it later it's because it doesn't reflect an image of who they believe they're supposed to be to themselves right. or to other people yeah. And it's like don't focus on that so much like it's it's toxic yeah but yeah like in your case too like it used to, like you had this image of like this is the person that my family that my friends are expecting me to be right now yeah and I'm not there and it's discouraging and like you just gotta disconnect from that yeah because we're on a journey and as long as you're consistent and you know you're you are gonna be making moves just don't you can't set expectations and that's, that's right. kind of like what I'm learning about nowadays too, like just kind of disconnect from the outcome because you can't control that. All you can control are your, are your steps towards that next, next goal, you know?
1: Totally. It's, it's, you know, my friend Glenn said something to me not too long ago that really stuck with me. And he said, he goes, isn't it interesting to think that most people on this planet will die and never actually see themselves as being as amazing as everyone else around them saw them as? Wow. Right. And he, he's, and, mm-hmm. and the reason why most people will never see themselves as being amazing is because they've focused so much of their attention on all the things they're not doing.
0: Mm. You exactly. know,
1: yeah. I'm not good enough, whatever. And so, and the majority of human beings do not live their lives for themselves, they live them, their lives for other people. And constantly waking up, not even knowing it, but subconsciously saying, What do I need to do today in order to make everyone else around me happy? Mm. And that no. is exhausting, pleasing,
0: pleasing yeah. other people. No, it's, yeah. it's dangerous and it's toxic. And, and it's a struggle that we're all going through because we're all trying to like find our our own identities. You know, like we lose sight of who we are because we're so busy with like just society and like in the internet just kind of giving images and ideas of, Hey, this is who you're supposed to be. This is what you're supposed to be doing. Like, this is what is desired. Yeah. It's, it's toxic because it influences people so much. And, it's a true struggle to be able to disconnect from that.
1: Oh yeah. Here's a little piece of advice for your listeners, okay? If you find yourself in that situation, the best exercise you can do is to ask yourself this question. And the question of course is, who am I? Mm. And then you'll say, oh, I'm Stuart Knight or whatever your name happens to be. And they'll say, okay, and who is that? And you'll say, well, this is a person who happens to be a professional speaker. And they, and you keep saying all these different, things. then after, and, and if you want even as an exercise, write it all out, write it all out. <laughs> do it. And, then, and, then, and then look at that and ask yourself, could I have been something else? Okay. So now in my case, my pa- I'm a twin. All right. So my parents mm-hmm. thought that myself and my brother were, they thought we were going to be girls. They were actually told we were going to be girls. So my name, I think was supposed to be Rebecca or something like that, or Angela. One of us was Rebecca. One of us was Angela. Okay. Those are the two names that they had actually chosen for their, bo- for their boys, for, for the for they thought they were going to be girls. So uh-huh. am I really Stuart or I could have been Rebecca? Huh. Or I could, have, I could have been, my dad might have read some article the day before I was born about some cool guy named Tom. Got and it. I, could have, I could have been Tom. Yeah. Okay. Then you fast forward. Okay. Well, um, am I a professional speaker? Well, that's what I do for a living. But I also had a lot of interest in, in becoming a doctor at one point in my life. Uh, I've also had interest mm. in um, uh, being a restaurateur. Mm. So if I had followed any one of those paths, people would be saying, oh, this is my friend Stuart. He's a restaurateur. And you just take that mentality and you apply it to anything. You're a person who owns a BMW, but you, you could have bought a Mercedes and on and on and on and on. So everything that you are, you think you are, could yeah. have been anything else.
0: Could have yes. been anything
1: else. Right, but it's that person that you think you are that's being so hurt or being so offended or being mm-hmm. so scared or being so upset about something or embarrassed. That person could have been any other person. So mm. just let that, let that person go because it's not even who you are.
0: Exactly. So the key to that is you have to disconnect yourself from this image of who you think you are.
1: Right. I talk about, I talk about this with people who are so like, convinced that they are of a particular religion. Like I am whatever. You just pick the religion. Well, I said, yeah. And I, I like to joke around about this with people. I say, yeah, well, unless you were adopted. Yeah. And like, what do you mean? I said, well, okay. Let's just pretend you're two years old. Your parents go into really, really tough times, or let's just say when you're about to be born, your Jewish parents, Muslim parents, Christian parents, pick the category, your Buddhist parents, they went through and they started having really difficult financial times, okay? And they had no other choice, but they had to give you up for adoption. And you were adopted by somebody of an exact opposite faith of your parents. Mm -hmm. And now you're that faith. So you can't possibly be your religion, because you could be any religion.
0: Yeah. Right. exactly and so many people change their religion like in their life yeah for me for example i went from a very restrictive and i'd say now cult because i've come to accept that okay. um that's how i was born i was born and raised in this religion and i separated from that completely and i just uh-huh. I don't identify with that but i if you ask me six years ago seven years ago i mean i was hardcore believer
1: no kidding I, how'd yeah. you get out I just left. <laughs> I just kind of <laughs> how did you, what 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 changed your mind about it?
0: Um what changed my mind about it was that I just I did not I did not resonate with the beliefs that they had anymore. Okay. And they were they were very restrictive. It was a very controlling environment. Okay. And so all of your, you know, all of your beliefs, your actions, like clothes, the things you said, what you wore, I mean I said like things that you watched all of that was like controlled and okay. it was like a community. So yeah. if you did things that were not in line with yeah. what they taught. Then you were basically like frowned upon and like yeah. your friends and family, all they, they, all knew, like it was very, yeah. So it was a toxic environment. I left that when I was 18 years old. Okay. Because, and it was a big, big move. That's a big um, deal. It was a big deal. Exactly. Because Basically, they shun you. So, like, right. family and friends. Like, I haven't spoken to my sisters in years. I have a nephew. I haven't. I've seen once. And
1: is that because twenty they- minutes? Yeah, wow. and, and this is because they won't see you. You you would see them.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, yeah. it's yeah. them. It's like they're they they believe that's like the act of love or whatnot when it's right. the opposite.
1: You it's know? so nuts. It's so nuts because and to be religious is to, is as I've always said is is to, is to know is to know nothing about history, mm-hmm. and because if you actually take the time to study history. You would realize that religion is is nothing, of course, but an ideology, and and it's nothing but some, it's just completely fabrication, and mm-hmm. so and usually uh, fabricated with the intention of uh, a very small group of men wanting to have a significant amount of power, yeah. and 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 if anyone does any kind of if they just allow themselves to just study history, um, even for just five minutes a day, just 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 go on the internet or just read books or whatever, you will go, oh my god, I can't believe I was. How did I how did I think that? And um, yet it's so sad when you see so many people being willing to actually forsake family, love, yep. relationships.
0: I know over it's insane. it. It's insane that um, religion has become or you know, in some cases, some people value it much more than their family ties. Yeah. And that, in my opinion, should overcome everything. Because yes. I mean, what are you without family, you know, like, without religion, I mean, like you said, like you identify, who do you identify with? You can be a Christian, you can be a Catholic, but your family, like that's you forever.
1: That's right. I think religion is a great example of what we were talking about before, which is how a person can believe so strongly in, in this particular case, a religious idea, Mm. and then use that belief as a way of making decisions in their life well it can happen in any category of your life like there are people out there who genuinely believe um i've met them Mm -hmm. that if they don't make if they make less than 10 million dollars a year they are not financially successful Wow! like that that's because that's the religion that they bought into
0: They they, because they grew
1: up in that world where everyone did, so they're they're literally making only five million dollars a year, and they're completely depressed because of it, and and everything. You know, there's people out there. Of course, how many people have I met in my life who bought into the religion of thinking that your worth is tied in with whether or not you are married and have children? It's ridiculous.
0: It's the standard. It's like the social norm that people like they accept and they they let it control their lives. And I truly appreciate you being here today because, I mean, all of the things that we spoke about, oh my God, it's amazing. And that's like, and this is the thing, like I want this whole podcast to be so conversational. Like it's, I want us to speak our mind. Obviously we brought up like the challenges that you went through and your mindset on that and coming out and actually want to retouch that again. Like at the, everything else, it's like, it's all about mindset. Like, yeah, right. you know, it's not just about getting out of a situation. It's about how you think or see other things in life. Yeah. You know, I mean, so I
1: mean, to me a relentless mind is one that's willing to challenge itself between yeah. now and the day you die. It's to never accept that what you think is right is is right. And to not and to and for your listeners to not listen to this and go, Oh my god, what well, can I ever be happy then? Because what if I think that chocolate cake tastes good? <laughs> but to just once in a while check in with yourself. That's really what this comes down to. Mm-hmm. As you're living your life, just check in and say Are my beliefs currently aligned with what I really want to do with my life? And if it's not, get excited about it. Don't get depressed. Just know that you are the one who has the power to change it.
0: Yep, yep. Boycott what you thought. Hell yeah! (laughs) I completely love that. Like, when you're changing your perspective or something and you want to make a mindset shift, get to the point where you're literally asking yourself, I'm taking this action or I feel this way, why? Ask yourself why. And then... Whatever answer you give yourself, see, is this really me? Or is this like something that I heard my mom say? Or is this something that like somebody else on Instagram was sharing? Like, exactly. You have to see the source of what that belief or, or like that perspective comes from.
1: When you say that, you are reminding me of something funny, and I know we're going to close off here, but I got to say this quickly. I never forget these two guys in my house. I lived in a house of nine guys in university. And these two guys, one guy's name was Anthony, another guy, his name was Tony. And they were having this huge argument about real estate. Uh-huh. And um, and they both came from big real estate families. Their parents own real estate companies and stuff. And they're arguing, they're going, no, 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 this is what's happening with mortgages. This is what's happening with inflation rates. And this is the reason why people are buying. And this is the reason why housing values are changing. And they're having this big fight in the living room, right, this really heated debate. And this guy Lee comes in. And uh, he was the big uh, pothead of the house. <laughs> he walks in, he goes, hey, 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 guys, listen. Can I just tell you something? And, he goes, and they're like, what? And he says, just so you guys know, the two of you are not fighting. Your father's are.
0: (laughs) Freaking awesome. (laughs) And that is like a disruption of their thought pattern. Like
1: they're like, yeah. And and, and they made them realize, like, you both love your dads so much that you both need your dads to be so right that you're willing to argue about Ah. it with the other person. And people will do the same thing in their lives. They need their parents to be so right. They will take a job themselves. Yeah. They'll do everything that that parent wanted because they love their parents. Exactly.
0: want to make them happy. Got it. I love it. I love this whole podcast, everything you brought today. Yeah, it was fun.
1: You're good. You should keep doing these.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I definitely will. So lightning round question for the end of the podcast. So the book that made the biggest impact on you that you would like to recommend to my audience?
1: Oh, I got to go back to what I said. Anthony Robbins, mm-hmm. Awaken the Giant Within. The book's probably 100 years old now. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, that was the very first uh, motivational book I ever read. If you, can, if you can find it, go to your library. Maybe they have it.
0: Perfect. So if anybody wanted to reach out to you, your email is info at stuartknight.com. Website is www.stuartknight.com and your Instagram name.
1: Oh, it's Stuart S. Knight. So S, Perfect. Yeah, as and Steven, yep. Stuart S. Knight. And then my Twitter is, is uh, Stuart underscore Knight.
0: Sounds good. Yeah. We, <laughs> you've got multiple methods of accessing him. Thank you so much for being on today, Stuart and my everybody pleasure. until next time. That concludes this episode. If you enjoyed it, feel inspired and would like to hear more, please subscribe to the Relentless Minds podcast via the link in the show notes or visit laurihimenez.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.